Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. And the hits keep coming for these college football coaches. More guys losing their jobs. We got a couple more open. Well, okay. We got a job and a half open that we've got to talk about today. Virginia Tech made the announcement that they and Justin Fuente have mutually agreed to part ways, which means he got fired. And then Miami, let's go with their athletic director, which very likely means a football coach is following. It's coaching search season, and we're going to talk about that. Plus, we'll get into some lines. There are some compelling games this weekend, none of which are in the SEC. No, I mean, the only game that's worth a damn in the SEC this weekend is Arkansas at Alabama, and I think we kind of all have a feeling how that's going to go. Otherwise, a bunch of FCS and, and really garbage in the league this weekend. That does not mean, though, that we are absent compelling games in college football. So we'll look at those as well this morning. Glad to see you guys. Always good to see you guys. If you're a first-time watcher, my name is Michael Borky. And if you are on Twitter, hop on over to YouTube because you can't comment. You want to be like Zach? You want to be like Zach here? You want to be like Memphis Rebel? You can, just not on Twitter. So find me on YouTube, Michael Borky on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, especially for the post-Egg Bowl show that we will be doing whenever that game ends, late on Thanksgiving night, and you won't want to miss that. Regardless of outcome, that's not going to matter at all. The game, when it's over, will be live uh, right here talking about it the second that game ends, and maybe even a little before, and we can finish talking about it together. But anyway, so subscribe to the YouTube channel uh, and like the video if you actually like what you hear, which, you know, that's up to you. But if you like it, like the video, and I'm glad to see you guys nonetheless. So coaching search season. I mean, we got the the news about Jimmy Lake yesterday. I think it was late Sunday night, right, that they were going to fire him, and then they announced it yesterday. Either way, Washington came open yesterday. Virginia Tech just came open like an hour ago or so. That was a little longer than that, but like 645 is when they announced that they were moving on from Justin Fuente, and then we got the news yesterday that Miami was moving on from their athletic director. So we already had a pretty compelling coaching search season uh, that is and has been underway for a while, but it's going to heat up, you know, as we're approaching the end of the season, things are going to start moving a little bit more in this direction, but uh, it's getting even hotter. You know, I I hope you guys appreciated my Zoolander reference, by the way. I hope at least one of you got the title of the stream today that it was a reference from Zoolander or Zoolander. I hope somebody got it. I hope they did. Anyway, so let's talk about it. Coaching search. What jobs are open? Ones that may come open. And the latest, I mean, it, it depends on who you read and where that's coming from. Jimbo Fisher offered a massive denial yesterday. And honestly, I kind of believe, I kind of believe Jimbo. I do. 
let's just say if he leaves A&M for LSU after what he said, that rant that he went on yesterday will be remembered as the great, uh, like better than Pine Box, honestly. That, what Jimbo said yesterday, if he leaves A&M, is better than Pine Box, I think. Because his, you can call me the dumbest person in America if I recruit these guys and then leave to coach against them. Call me the dumbest guy in America. That's better than Pine Box to me because now everywhere Jimbo goes, should he leave, I don't think he will at this point, but, you know, coaches do lie. Uh, although He did have a funny line about that. He said, you guys all think that we lie and we don't trust you guys either, so it's even. Um, coaches are far more dishonest, though, than their Homer media that covers them, Jimbo. Anyway, I actually believed him. What he said, what do you guys think? Do you believe what Jimbo said yesterday? Do you truly believe that he will never say yes to LSU? That even if they came with a $100 million offer, like some people have reported, he is still going to say no? Something to keep in mind. Uh, That denial was pretty strong yesterday. I would be the dumbest person in America if I recruit this class and then go try to coach against them. That's pretty strong. That's better than what James Franklin said at Penn State, where he said there's a lot of moving parts, and when this is all over, I would like to be able to talk to you guys about it. This one's a little bit stronger than James Franklin, but uh, we got that yesterday. So all these things open. Memphis Rebel did say earlier, do you think Jimmy Lake is a bad head coach, or is he just untouchable right now? Uh, I don't think he's a bad head coach. There are... There's some weird dynamics there. Not so similar to Joe Moorhead, but the comparison is kind of just. Here's what I mean by that. If you look at Joe Moorhead's record from 30,000 feet, you think, what the hell? Why did Mississippi State fire a guy that went to -to back-to-back bowl games and beat Ole Miss twice? Like, that's a big deal at Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Beating your rival, especially this one, carries a lot of weight. And they went to two bowl games, and he beat Ole Miss twice, and yet still fired him. And you look from 30,000 feet, you think, what the hell? Are what? Why? What is going on? And then you peel back the onion a little bit, and you realize that, I mean, his quarterback got knocked out by his linebacker at practice. Like, there was some disturbing internal issues there. Not NCAA-related, not him being a bad guy or him doing wrong or not having friends. Joe Moorhead seems to be a, a pretty – pretty spectacular guy like I think he'll get another shot to be a head coach and he'll he'll be successful he's running a really good offense at Oregon he ran really good offenses at Penn State he's a good coach but there was some internal stuff there that caused that firing it wasn't record it was other stuff the same thing's happening here with Jimmy Lake it's other stuff the article I read yesterday talked about how he has very few allies around that he doesn't have the trust uh, he's not well-liked uh, between people that work there and, and high-level boosters and stuff. He th- That was the line that was used. He doesn't have very many allies around Seattle. But no, I, I don't think he's a bad head coach at all. No, this season's not going well. But remember, he's coached 13 games at Washington. 13, that's it. Last year, won his division. In his only completed season, he won his division and couldn't play in the conference championship because of COVID and then has yet to play his rival. So he has not played his rival once, and he won his division in the only season that he completed as head coach at Washington. 
and he gets fired. $9 million that he is owed and only coached 13 games. Um, unless there's something like deep internal that, that has yet to come out, I don't think he's untouchable based on what we know externally. Um, and the, the slap in the, his own player on the helmet thing is not enough. Maybe it's uh, on the West Coast. Maybe that's an issue uh, around here. What he did was was not, you can't hire him worthy. Unless something else is going on, unless there's some improprieties behind the scenes that have yet to come out, if what we've seen is all we know, then he is absolutely not untouchable. And if you are looking for a coordinator, that's a direction that you look, no doubt. If what you see is what you know. Anyway, did I watch SEC shorts yesterday? Yeah, the Vanderbilt part was so funny. <laughs> uh, I've been here three seconds. You haven't told me about <laughs> those guys. That what's amazing about the SEC shorts people is how quick they do this. You know, I, I've I've seen some people like, oh, they're not that funny. They do that in a day. Like the games end on Saturday night, and by Monday morning, they have written edited shot a really funny like five minute long video like that in less than a day like those people are talented they're 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 funny they're smart they're talented man to turn that over as fast as they do in a 24-hour period to do all of that is really creative and smart and funny and those people are great at it uh i love it i i i have not watched an SEC shorts and not at least enjoyed it. Some are more funny than others, sure, but I have not at least. Uh, they, they are all so funny. They really are. Chase says, I missed the VT opening. Yeah, it happened early this morning. Does all this help Mullen secure another year regardless if he loses the next two games? If he loses the next two games, he's gone. He, he will be gone. Um, I'm not. I think that he will get another year. I think that that will happen. But he has to beat Missouri and Florida State for that to be the case. I think the pressure will be too great on on Scott Strickland if they lose to Missouri or Florida State uh, for him to to keep him around. But I do expect to see Mullen again. All these guys have a lot of hubris. And the Florida job is a good job, though their facilities are lacking some, more than some. Their facilities are lacking compared to that of like Alabama, for example or LSU. Um, but it still is the Florida job, and they'll pay a lot of money, and you can get a lot of players. But, man, one of these days, stuff like this is going to catch up to a program like this, where Dan Mullen won 11 games, won his division in the COVID year, won eight games, but it was a 10-game SEC-only schedule, and won his division. Loses the entire roster, basically. Has one down year and gets fired. I mean, the the buyouts are nice, but I I can't help but think that eventually stuff like this is going to catch up to these people. That eventually, like Jimbo, for example. Jimbo Fisher, I think, would be stupid to take the LSU job. Here's why. There's a chance that Texas A&M finishes fourth in the West this year. Fourth. He's getting paid $9 million. And despite their losses despite losing to both Mississippi schools again and to Arkansas, their athletic director is publicly on Twitter 
Should I at all the people that said he was going to leave? Like they, they will scratch and claw and fight to keep Jimbo around. Anytime he says he loves Texas A&M, they have one of those goofy, like pumpkin-headed, torch-bearing celebrations on campus. They do their little spin thing, and they're just so happy that somebody loves them the way they love each other. He's going to finish fourth in the West this year, possibly. And yet, he's getting paid $9 million, and they are just so happy, so happy that he's willing to stay. The the expectations at a place like that versus LSU are, are pretty pretty stark, right? There's a big difference between the two. And you can win, I think, at Texas A&M. Look at the way he's recruited. He's getting players. You can win there. It's a it's weird. I, you know, I like to poke fun sometimes. But you can win there. Not all the money in the world. NIL deals are going to be great for them. I mean, under the table recruiting is going to be great for them. They're in the state of Texas. He's bringing in high-level recruiting classes. He can win there. But when he doesn't, they they don't care. I mean, look at the rhetoric around Jimbo Fisher this year. Could you imagine what it would be like at LSU for him if he had lost to both Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Arkansas? What the the mood around Baton Rouge would be for him if he did that there? But he's in College Station where they're just like, hell yeah, I love you, Coach. Jimbo, I love you. Thank you for saying you love us too. Let's have a weird ceremony where we all like talk about our graduation rings. It's completely different. I think that this is going to come back to bite schools like in LSU. Two years removed from the greatest season in college football history. And then a COVID year happens after you lose basically everybody, and boom, he's out. If Jimbo was having the year he's having at AM, currently at LSU, even a year removed from what was it, nine and one last year and being fifth in the playoff, people would be calling for his head. They would be talking about hot seat. It would be uncomfortable. And College Station, his athletic director, is is owning people uh, or destroying people on Twitter over keeping his coach. At some point, stuff like this is going to catch up to people. At Florida, you can win your you can win eleven games, and then the next year win your division, and the next year get fired. Some uh, at some point, coaches are going to be like, you know what? I got support here. I'm good here. Like, where I'm at, they won't do stuff like that. That's got to be what Jimbo's thinking. Maybe not. But if I were him, I'd be thinking that. Right now, they're paying me what they're paying me. I'm I'm making a great living, and I can win games here. And that's going on over there? I'm good. I'm good where I'm at. That's got to be creeping into his mind. It would be mine. It would be mine for sure. And I do agree with you, though, Memphis Rebel. A lot can change in two weeks. I mean, look, Nick Saban said that he was not going to be the next head coach at Alabama. And then a few weeks later, he became the next head coach at uh, at Alabama. I, I mean, you know, <laughs> so coaches do lie. Jimbo can still have his ranches in Texas and coach at LSU. Like, those aren't mutually exclusive things. Um, A lot can change in two weeks, for sure. 
Zach says, I believe him strictly on his why would I recruit well then leave because looking at Florida State, he sure as hell didn't recruit anybody before dipping out. <laughs> he left them in shambles, man. In shambles. Memphis Rebel, I agree. If Mullen loses to either Missouri or Florida State or even both, he'll be gone. Speaking of Missouri, Zach says, we're going to need to keep an eye on their recruiting rankings over the next few weeks. For as bad as they've been this year, they have the number 14 class currently. That will change as people start adding players. Uh, around them uh you know class looks fine but it's not gonna stay there if that makes sense i don't know what's going on with my internet ticket today guys i uh i I hope you're still with me i see the numbers dropping and and stuff and i'm getting the notification so i don't know um anyway recruiting rankings are going to be are going to have to be taken with a grain of salt moving forward um And I say that as the best teams in America are still going to recruit top five classes, right? But the addition of the transfer portal is going to have some schools adjusting the way they approach things. Uh, Take the the schools here in this state, for example. Aside from Will Rogers, who's Mississippi State's best offensive player? Uh, Okay, Charles Cross is. Uh, Best skill position player. It's Makai Polk. He didn't initially sign. Uh, with Mississippi State. That was a massive pickup for State. Massive. But he didn't wasn't reflected in recruiting rankings. Ole Miss, look at their defense. They are dramatically improved defensively. Dramatically improved defensively. Their best linebacker did not sign with Ole Miss. He transferred there. Sam Williams, even, who was not a Kiffin signee, didn't start at Ole Miss. But Tavius Robinson on the other side uh, was a transfer. At, at multiple points in the game, nose tackle and defensive end, uh, Gordon and Knighton are transfers. Otis Reese is a transfer. Jacob Springer, they're possibly their most important piece on their defense, is a transfer. And going into next year, Ole Miss already has a wide receiver that has joined the team who transferred from Missouri, who will be an immediate impact guy that will not be reflected in recruiting rankings. They just had a linebacker visit who who was at Texas, who was going to transfer likely to Ole Miss. There's another wide receiver out there that's a former elite-level recruit that is likely, it's what it sounds like, going to transfer to Ole Miss. And so some schools are going to use the portal more than others. And if you just now look at recruiting rankings moving forward as a gauge of talent acquisition, you're, you're doing it incorrectly. You're doing it wrong. I, I have a feeling that Ole Miss is going to add at least double-digit transfers. None of those players will be reflected in the in the recruiting class. And that, that won't stop people from having their takes about the what you saw last year with the mayor and all that crap. Um, that's going to happen again this year. Same thing with State. So State returns basically everybody on offense. They don't really have to hit the transfer portal for a wide receiver. They, they keep all of theirs, and they keep their quarterback. They lose a couple offensive linemen, though, including a big-time left tackle. They will probably recruit offensive linemen. I expect Mississippi State to sign them, but the question will be not who did they sign to replace Charles Cross. It's going to be who did they get in the portal to replace Charles Cross. I, I expect Mississippi State to use their or, or replace their offensive linemen with portal guys, and that will not be reflected in the class. And so if State has like the number 32 class in college football, right? Let's just let's just say that they have the number 32 class. 
people around here are going to be like, ah, they didn't recruit well. But what if they added a – I mean, there's multiple offensive linemen in the portal that played at big-time schools. Clemson's got one out there. I think Oregon's got one out there. But what if they bring in one of those guys? Is it still a failure in recruiting? No, it wouldn't be. But that person's not reflected in rankings. So we've got to – moving forward, we have got to look at recruiting rankings differently with the context of who they got in the portal. Now, if a team doesn't recruit well and they didn't bring in any transfers, well, there you go. But if you're looking at recruiting rankings while excluding who they bring in as a transfer, you're not doing it right. You are simply not at all doing it right. Brett says, just found the radio show on podcast. No, nice, man. Nice. But you got to deal with, you know, Richard. So I don't know why you're excited. Um, Memphis Rebel says, when, do, when does his contract end? 2026, 27. If so, I don't think he's still at AM by then. Uh, so they extended it out to, to 10 years. So it's beyond that now. Uh, they extended it back out to 10 years. But the thing is, as you probably know, if Jimbo leaves AM, he didn't have to pay anything and, and the school doesn't have to pay anything. Um, there's no buyout on his end. It's only AM is fully guaranteeing his contract if they fire him. If he leaves, nothing is owed at all. And that's uh that's a Ross Bjork guarantee right there. I mean, what a what a great contract uh that he's got. Chase says LSU job where you can get fired two years after a national title or Texas A&M where, where Bjork is your AD. LSU may not look too bad. But on the flip side, though, you can just fleece Ross Bjork for whatever you want. He got, an, he got a contract extension at the end of August this year. He got extended $1,500,000 more per year in August. And then now they have three losses. He got a contract extension and raise in August. And lost three games, one to Ole Miss, one to State, one to Arkansas, so far this year. Yeah, he can get whatever he wants at AM. They will do whatever to keep him, regardless of, of what he does. As long as he's competitive, that's all they care about. Texas stares at Scott Lashley. Yeah, I can't wait to get more national title contender offensive lineman transfers. Um, it's a good point. Well, I guess they would move him over, right? But still, State's going to address their... Offensive line losses in the portal, I would expect them to. But that will be reflected in recruiting rankings. And and some people, some fans will be like, oh, well, you know, didn't sign a very good class. And some places will embrace it more than others. The Alabamas and Ohio States of the world are still going to sign 25 guys because they're rarely taking in transfers. They're really only losing transfers. But... I, I'm, I don't know what's going on with my internet today, guys. Sorry. I mean, I, I've got fiber now, and it's excellent. I downloaded uh, the, the Halo multiplayer yesterday, 17 gigs in like 12 minutes. It was amazing. Um, so I don't know what's going on. It, that might just be my computer, I guess. But either way, uh, I, I'm telling you, Old Miss in this class will add at least, likely more, 10 transfers. That won't be reflected, and so you'll have people, you'll have some clout chasers around here that will have knee-jerk reactions without any context and nuance, just like just like we had last year 
And, you know, the mayor got her Twitter fingers out and it really looked bad in hindsight. Anyway. Memphis Rebel says, so Ole Miss's defensive recruiting class could not be that good in the basis of rankings, but because of transfers, they could be a lot better next year and people will still be surprised. Yes, that's exactly my point. They will add defensive players more via transfer. That will happen again. It will. I mean, how would you classify Chance Campbell as an incoming? Add him to the recruiting class. What ranking would you give him? I mean, what what he's done to that defense, what Jake Springer has done to that defense, but they have not been reflected in any kind of recruiting ranking. But look at what they've done for you. Look at what Makai Polk has done for Mississippi State. He's not reflected in any recruiting class ranking. But what would you classify him now as a signee? I mean, he's been as productive as you could possibly imagine a wide receiver being. He's like a a high-end four-star, you know? I mean, he's not the best wide receiver in the SEC. There are better, but not many. And he's not reflected in your rankings at all. That has to be considered when you're talking about recruiting rankings this year, for sure. Memphis Rebel also says, Bork is, Bjork is like a chihuahua, all bark, no bite. And then Chase replies, chihuahuas bite more than people. Bite more people than any other breed. <laughs> yeah, little ankle biters. Jason says, Mississippi schools never looked good in the recruiting rankings anyway. Too many JUCO transfers and kids from a small county high school where the experts won't go. There are a lot of recruiting evaluators that do not it's hard to also because, you know, they hold these camps and stuff. It's really hard to just evaluate every kid. And when you've got like one player at very small two-way high school in tiny town, it's easy for them to get overlooked. But, yeah, Mississippi does much better in terms of player production than than rankings give it credit for. That That is proven. That is not an opinion. That is objective fact that this state does better than recruiting rankings give it credit for and talent development. Look at the players that this state has in the NFL. Per capita, it's among the best in America. Um, it's just an undervaluated place, for sure. But So now, job openings. With Virginia Tech coming open, Miami firing their athletic director, which means their uh, football head coaching job is going to come open. He got fired because you do not let an athletic director, you don't let an athletic director hire a third football coach if the previous two did not work. That's what's going on here. Mark Rick didn't work. Manny Diaz is not working. So they replaced the AD to find a new one to hire the new head coach. Miami's job will soon be coming open. And obviously, again, Virginia Tech's job came open today. So now you have LSU. And there's reporting out there that LSU is prepared to offer a $100 million contract. We'll see if that's uh, real or not. People still insist that Jimbo, they're going to pursue Jimbo, that they're going to pursue Lincoln Riley. Uh, Apparently, there's a a thought that Matt Campbell is now extremely interested. He's rejected overtures from other places, but now it might be the time to jump. That would be an interesting hire for them. If you're asking, it still at this moment does not appear that Kiffin is high on their list, but, I mean, Lincoln Riley can certainly say no. Matt Campbell has said no to others. You could get to a point where he is, but still it doesn't sound like currently he is particularly high on that list. That could change, but that's kind of where it feels right now. Mel Tucker is uh, about to sign apparently a big-time contract with Michigan State. 
for some reason that told me that he's not the candidate at LSU. Because the the counter argument is, well, what if he's just happy at Michigan State? What if he just doesn't want to jump from job to job? Well, then why did he leave Colorado after one year? He has clearly shown that he's willing to jump from job to job, and LSU is a better one than that of Michigan State. Uh, yeah, the pressure is greater, I suppose, but people say oh, it's more difficult to win at LSU. Well, Ed Orgeron won a freaking national championship at LSU, and at Michigan State, you still have to contend in the Big Ten with Ohio State that has more resources and money and brand power than you, Penn State that has more resources and money and brand power than you, and Michigan who has more resources and brand power and money than you. So, I mean, how much of a better job is Michigan State anyway than that of LSU? That struck me as he kind of knows it's not going to be his job. That's That's how I took it, but I could be wrong. USC is still open. That is an interesting search. Um, I don't know where they're going to go, honestly. Am I crazy? I know that I have argued against this point I'm about to make in the past. But should James Franklin really be this hot name coach that gets like the USC job? Is he really that guy? I know winning nine games in consecutive years at Vanderbilt is miracle work. Like, I I understand that. But what have you done after that? What have you been since? And look at what Penn State has been the last couple of years. Is that really USC worthy? We'll see. I don't know. I I do not know. Uh, Washington and Washington State are open. Um, I saw Kalani Sataki was mentioned for the Washington opening. I think he would absolutely freaking kill it. There, he would absolutely kill it, kill it, at uh, at Washington. But uh, but we will see. A ton of smaller schools open. The the revolving door that's about to happen when these jobs start getting filled uh, is pretty remarkable. Seventy million dollars, by the way, have been paid in buyouts so far this year. Miami, by the way, it sounds like the uh, the overwhelming feeling is that people there want Mario Cristobal. On the surface, right now, Oregon is a better job than Miami. Uh, Miami will have to commit a lot, uh, I think, to football to start being competitive again. Just being in Dade County is not enough anymore, clearly, because just existing as they were is not enough. Um, But that's apparently the overwhelming desire is to get Cristobal in Miami, and apparently he would be very well receptive uh, to that proposition but Miami's got to commit to football they're not as financially invested as as you would think considering their history not even close honestly Miami as a job has really plummeted uh, over the last 10 years or so I mean I remember when they went to -to back-to-back BCS national championships Larry Coker won one what was that 2001 and then went to the next uh, one that the next season with those rosters and really haven't been the same since. It's just not good enough being the U anymore. You've got to commit more, and they have not. And until they do, it's not going to be that kind of a job. It's not going to be that kind of a job. Uh, Morgan, I believe you're asking this from an Ole Miss perspective, right? What positions besides receiver are they going to look at for in the portal? Um, receiver, quarterback, offensive line, 
I, honestly, basically every position. I, I think they're they're going they're going to get receivers. They've already got one from Missouri. Uh, they're going to get another one. They will get at least two receivers out of the portal. I think they will go offensive line uh, with Ben Brown, possibly Nick Broker gone. They're going to try to and possibly successfully sign an offensive lineman. Uh, I do not think they will sign uh, running backs out of the portal. I think they're good in that room there, and they've got a good uh, incoming running back in the in the recruiting class, a high school one. They will look at quarterbacks. They're not just going to sign any quarterback, but they're definitely going to be in the game for a bunch of them. They will always forever be looking for defensive linemen in the portal every single year. Everybody will be looking for defensive linemen in the portal every year. Uh, clearly linebacker because they just had one on an official visit uh, this past weekend. They feel pretty good about their defensive back room, but still, if there's one available, they will go get him. At basically every position. They're going to treat it like free agency at Ole Miss. That's how they're going to treat the portal, like free agency. If there's a player that they can get that is better in the portal, they will go get them. That's how they're going to approach it. Memphis Rebel asks, if Kiffin is still at Ole Miss by the end of this coaching carousel, what does that mean? Uh, It depends on what you mean, what does that mean? Uh, In terms of, like, what does that mean for Ole Miss? It means that they will have him for at least one more year. But it will give the school a chance to show him how committed that they are because everything that they've done commitment-wise is all renderings and stuff like that. If he stays after this year, the facility project will, like you'll actually have shovels in dirt. Um, His contract will be raised by a pretty significant number. Uh, It is my understanding that Ole Miss is prepared to go even into the $7 million if that's what it takes, to keep them. So they'll financially commit to them, and they will limit the amount of jobs that are better than the one he has with the commitment that's incoming. So does it mean if he stays after this year, he'll be there for five years? I don't know. I don't think so. Because as you know, great jobs are always coming open in college football. But if you weather this storm with LSU and USC and Miami coming open, then you got to feel pretty good about your prospects of keeping him for a while. Gil asking, what's the better job, Virginia Tech or Miami? That's a good question right now. Uh, hmm. I'm tempted to say Virginia Tech right now. I'm tempted to. Miami's got to commit. They, they have to commit to football. They're not committed to football right now the way that you think that they would be. Virginia Tech is. Uh, but with the ability to get players the answer is still Miami but anyway so yeah I mean it sounds like once that job comes open they'll they'll target Cristobal heavily I have no idea who Virginia Tech's going to go after uh it's not going to be a candidate pool that is all that like overwhelmingly impressive uh maybe they'll get Chadwell from Coastal Carolina that would be my first call for sure if I were Virginia Tech that'd be a great hire in my opinion um I would try to get Dave Clawson, as we talked about yesterday. That's where I would try, is Dave Clawson, but uh, we'll see. Um, LSU, it sounds like you know they're going big. Jimbo Lincoln, Matt Campbell. I think they'll be able to pull one of those three, likely Matt Campbell, but we'll see. USC, I mean, if it's Franklin, I'm not impressed, honestly. I'm not impressed at all, but that's kind of where we sit right now in coaching search season. I mean, 
if you can believe it, guys, I know it's it sucks to hear. We've got two weeks left in the season. That's all we got. So this kind of stuff is really going to start exploding here soon. We're going to start getting some real movement. Uh, real movement here soon. Real movement. And by the way, just a PSA for you. Just a PSA. Because I've seen him say things like this, both about Ole Miss and Mississippi State recently. Do not. Here's just a PSA. I'm going to tell you what to do, and I don't like doing that. I'm going to tell you what to do. If you see a content item that says, Paul Feinbaum says whatever, don't click on it. Like, Paul Feinbaum says Mike Leach was whatever about his kickers, like we saw last week. Don't click on it. Mike Leach says this about Lane Kiffin. Don't click on it. The only reason he exists is to generate reaction from you. That's it. That's that's his only goal. And the people that are using what he says on his radio show for content, like Saturday Down South, they just want you to click on it. There's no substance. There, there's no there's no there's no integrity in it. So don't click on it. What he says about Mike Leach and his comments on kickers, how it was shocking what he said, and I couldn't believe it. Don't engage with it. Don't even acknowledge it. Don't engage with it. Oh, Lane Kiffin, he needs to leave because of this. Don't don't engage with it. Don't 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 engage or click on it. That's all these people want you to do. They want you to rage click. So don't do it. Don't even consume it. And if you stop consuming it, those kind of those kind of things will go away. So there's your PSA for the day. Anyway, subscribe to me on YouTube, Michael Borky on YouTube. Thank you guys for uh, for tuning in this morning. It's a little off off the cuff conversation about coaching search season. Um, big jobs open, and one big job, big ish, used to be big, big brand is about to come open. We'll see about Florida. That that'll change uh, a lot of this if Florida does in fact come open I'm not convinced like some people are though I mean if he beats Missouri and Florida State I think he's back next year but I have been wrong before I will be wrong again but anyway thank you guys for uh, for tuning in as you always do subscribe and uh, oh I forgot to go through lines we'll do that tomorrow we'll go through lines tomorrow after we look at the college football playoff rankings which come out tonight I expect State to be back in the ranking I expect Ole Miss to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 so we'll uh, we'll see that tonight. I'll be back with you guys uh, tomorrow. Y'all have a good one. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.